This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. Well, what's going on, practitioners? Hey, hey. We back again with another prayer episode. Another episode on prayer. And let me let me count these real quick. There's several. There's a lot. Yeah. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 episodes in this series on prayer. So we're going to be doing this for a long time. A while. Um, probably a while. for the next quarter. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, well, 17 weeks, right? You just figure yeah. half, a, half a year is 26. Yeah. So a quarter is 13, so more than a quarter we're going to be on prayer. Yeah. Um, um, and the reason is, is because I really want Wellhouse to be a place of prayer. Yeah. It's so important. And it's something that, um, in lots of traditions, not all, but like lots of traditions, it's kind of overlooked, um, and kind of given second place to studying scripture. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that might be a little bit backwards. Well, um, yeah, and sorry to interrupt you. No, you're okay. Um, I don't know that. I don't know that prayer is overlooked in those traditions, but I think that prayer is viewed in only one way. Right. That That's spontaneous fair. prayer is the only way to pray. Yeah. And because that is such a hard prayer practice to do for a lot of people. Mm. They default to reading scripture over praying That's because right. they haven't been given the tools and resources to pray in other ways. Yeah. The so and spontaneous prayer um, always ends up being one of those things that you pray for, you know, twenty minutes, right? And um, you're done. And then you're done. You because just, all you've yeah, you it's spontaneous prayer in that way. But what you end up doing too in those spontaneous prayers where you pray for twenty minutes is it ends up not being spontaneous because you do it every day. You yep. end up saying the same things every day. Yep. Um, you almost memorize your own prayer. Well, um, and it, be, it becomes a one-sided monologue with God. Yeah. At which point you heap requests upon him. If you're a really good prayer, you might say some thanksgivings. Mm-hmm. You ask for forgiveness, but it's absolutely a one-sided conversation. Yeah. Um, and and that's what is going to be different about this one. Well, that that's what's absolutely different about contemplative prayer is that by and large the idea is that you don't say anything. Yeah, there, there's a quote here from Richard Rohr, um, who I actually like really like. I've yeah. listened to his podcast. Yeah, um, it's good stuff. Really good. But this this quote um, is: "Prayer is not primarily saying words or thinking thoughts. It is rather a stance." It's a way of living in the presence. Yeah, and and I love that. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing this this series on prayer is because if the only tool you have in your belt, your prayer belt, is to pray spontaneously, the odds of you living in a state of presence in which you pray yeah. is very unlikely. Yeah. But if we can give you 17 different ways to pray, yeah, 
it's likely that you can live in a, a state, state of prayer of prayer which leads you to a state of being in the presence yeah um which go watch um pints and perspectives kind of lends itself to more of a deification type approach too um yep but um so what I, I love that Adele does here is she kind of like relates it to um, how friends can enjoy each other's company without talking. Yeah. Um, and how it's a very similar thing in contemplative prayer. Um, and I, I remember I had a therapist um, that I was talking to for a while that was trying to help me with some relationship issues. Um, and he talked about... Um, holy intimacy that we should share this idea that um we have this um place of just being comfortable with each other yeah um he encouraged us to just stop don't say anything and just look into each other's eyes for about 10 minutes yeah um it seems like that's kind of what's happening here you're just resting in the presence of god just being present you're being there yeah yeah what what it is is it's adele says it's an open restful receptivity yeah to the trinity at which point you can be in the presence of god just the way you are yeah because the other thing that i think spontaneous prayer does for us is we feel like we got to put our 1990s preacher voice on (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh god Right, we we come into this like uber holy, other than our actual authentic self place when we go to these spontaneous prayers, and we say things like, "Oh God, thank you for who you are as Creator," but I don't care nothing about creation. I don't take care of it. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care about that, and so. Yeah. Or, or we'll say things like, Lord, bless them and be with them. Mm-hmm. But like, isn't God everywhere? <laughs> yeah. like, isn't God already there? Yeah. And so it's like we, we do these things and, and we say these things that aren't authentic. They're not vulnerable. Yeah. Um, another thing that we do, too, is like, Lord, for, forgive me of my sins. What sins, bro? Yeah, you don't actually do proper confession? Yeah. Yeah. Um, kind of think that you'd need to specify which ones. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And it's um, not, and it's not in a a rule keeping kind of like no. if you don't ask for confession for every single exact sin, you're not going to be no. forgiven. But there's there's a level of vulnerability that, that says, comes in saying I've done this wrong against you, God. Yes, God, I have sinned in this way, and I admit that, and yep. I need grace, and I also need restoration now. Right? Yep. I would agree with that. I would agree all the way around with that. Um, so I love, um, I was thinking about this and, and reading Adele's stuff here. You know, charismatic traditions would read Romans 8, 26 and 27 about the spirit or, you know, prayers and grumblings and words unutterable or those yeah. kinds of things as prayer language mm-hmm. right and it could be i'm not Absolutely. i'm not saying that it couldn't be 
But I love what Adele does here in saying, well, actually, what that's really saying is that even when we don't know what to pray, being in the presence of God is enough. Is enough. Because he will pray for us. Yeah. There was, um, so we said at the beginning that we're going to try to be super vulnerable during this series. Yeah. Um, there was a time um, about, I don't know, five years ago now, six years ago, something like that. It's been a long time. Um, that I was really struggling. I was really unhappy. Um, I was in a really unhealthy place. Um, and I would pray every day, just, God, release me from this. And then, like, I would run out of words to pray. And I would just lay there, mm. just bawling. Oh. And there was one time that I genuinely believe at this point that I was just in God's presence I was given this vision and felt Jesus sitting on my bed next to me, mm. giving me a hug, right? In a way that was contemplative. Yeah. Um, because I was just there. Yeah. And in my probably most vulnerable state I'd ever been with God. Yeah. And I felt like a physical embrace. Mm. Um, it was different. Yeah. It, it, it hit different, man. <laughs> like, yeah, those um, those moments, they do, they hit different. Yeah. Um, and I think what, what Adele is doing here is that what contemplative prayer is, is it's me getting into a posture where I say, God, I'm going to be here when you're ready to communicate and you're ready to commune with me mm. and I'm going to be here to receive it, just resting in your presence. Yeah. I'm here. And I think that's the thing that we miss a lot of times in prayer because prayer becomes this one sided elf on a shelf kind of mentality yeah. that we, we bring God off the shelf to hold him while we pray. And then when we're done talking, we put him back up there until we're ready to talk to him again. Um, but if you're asking God for things, when do you ever give God the opportunity to respond? Yeah. It'd be like if, be like if whenever I called you on the phone mm. mm-hmm. and I call you on the phone and as soon as you pick up, I just start talking away. Gab, 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 gab. Oh, okay. I've reached my 20 minutes. See you later, Clayton. Yep. Hang up the phone. And this goes on for a while. This goes on for months or years. Yeah. How well do you know me? Very well. How well do I know you? Not at all. Not at all. I don't know you a lick. I couldn't pick you out of a lineup. Yep. Um, If if that was our only interaction was on the phone. Yeah. And like, um, there's a an example of this that I've heard before that um, someone that I know would drive to work every day um, and one of their friends would call them on their drive to work because they were making a drive at the same time. And the friend would talk incessantly for the entire drive. And then this goes on for months. And then 
one day the friend asks, so how are you doing? And kind of talked about like what's been going on. And the friend goes, why didn't you tell me any of this? You never asked. Yeah. Um, you never asked me about me. You never talked to me or you never asked me about me. Right. Like, yeah. um, you never let me talk. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if that's how God feels. Like you don't let me speak to you. Yeah. Um, you don't give me the opportunity. And then when you come back the next day, you go, God, why aren't you answering prayers? Yeah. Cause you're not letting me. Yeah. Like, you're not letting me talk to you to help yeah. shape what, where my heart is. Yeah. Um, and that's the point of prayer though. That's exactly the point of prayer. The point of prayer is to have an open dialogue with God. Yeah. It's to, it's prayer is the place at which point we strengthen our relationship with God because of our vulnerability and his grace yeah. to shape our hearts. And that is fundamentally the point of prayer and why God allows us to pray. Yeah. And we see that example so many times throughout scripture. Yep. That being vulnerable with God in prayer leads to um, healing, restoration, uh, genuine miracles. God changing his mind. God changing his mind. Um but if we don't have that level of vulnerability, if we don't have that level of God, it's time for you to speak, right? Yeah. Um, God, I, I need to hear your voice and then actually give him space to hear his voice, right? Like, Yeah, a, a really good example of this is I was in therapy uh, not too long ago and just going through a bit of a rough time and I'm in therapy and I'm just pouring out all these feelings and things, just venting all this stuff that I've got inside of me. And I've been talking for like an hour and 20 minutes at this point. Wow. That's, that's a long, that's longer than a typical clinical session. Well, two, two hour session. Okay. Um, I've been talking for like an hour, 20 hour and 25 minutes at this point. And I just got to a point and I was like, you speak now. He's like, there comes a point where I know if I just talk. You're not going to get any healing. Yeah, nothing comes from this. Yeah. I, I need direction from a healer right. to help me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not a self-healer. If I was a self-healer, I'd be God. <laughs> I think that's the thing, though, that none of us are self-healers. And yet we treat ourselves like self-healers because we never give God the opportunity to speak. Yeah. Contemplative prayer is you giving God a place to speak and commune with you. And more so than anything, we're going to talk about one later that's the listening prayer, mm. which is really where you're looking for God God's to voice. speak. Yeah. But in this one, you're really just looking for his presence. Yeah. You're really being comforted by the fact that God is with you. Remember that song, Holy Spirit, by Francesca Battistelli? Is that who it was? Holy Spirit, you were welcome you here. Were, no, no, no. That wasn't Francesca? I don't think so. I don't know who it was. Cullen's looking it up. Um, but that is what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, just this general idea of a presence. Um, this feeling of, of comfort. Um, for me, that came in a feeling of physical embrace, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. It's Kim Walker from uh, Jesus Culture. Kim Walker. 
Um, yeah, that that is that's what you're looking for. Just this general, almost kind of atmosphere atmosphere change. Like, yeah, that's that's, that's a good way to say it. Uh, yeah, you're looking. You're looking to be comforted by the presence of God. Yeah. And, if and I think, go ahead. If you've never experienced comfort just from the presence of God, um, it's like a drug. It, it really becomes like a drug, like, and you just want it all the time. Yeah. Um, and it's something that you crave. And when you don't get it, if you're not careful, um, not seeking it often enough that you start like, am I doing something wrong? Right. Yeah. And then you feel like God is mad at you or God hates you or whatever. Yeah. But in reality, you're just not giving him the space to do it. He wants to do it. Yeah. You're just not giving him space to do it. Well, and one of the things that I'm realizing is I've talked about it several times on this podcast. Um, the book, The Relentless Pursuit of Hurry yeah. by John Mark Comer. We are more busy now than we have ever been. Mm-hmm. We can, I mean, we have transportation that gets us farther faster. Mm-hmm. Um, we have cell phones that keep us in constant communication. We have the internet that gives us unlimited amount of information on pointless things that we want to do. Yeah. We have social media, which gives us another part of our image that we have to keep up with Mm -hmm. and we have to portray something. And we work more hours than any group in history have ever worked. Yeah. Specifically in America. I remember when, when our dad went to Belgium, he was shocked that you had to get approval from the King of Belgium for anyone to work more than 35 hours a week. And yet it's standard in my dad's industry that everybody works 50 hours. Mm -hmm. So we as Americans are so busy. You want to know why God's not comforting you? Slow down and let him comfort you. Yeah. Find that place of Psalm 23 where God makes me lie down Mm. in green pastures. Mm -hmm. If you want to experience the presence of God, slow down and give him a place to show up. And that, that there's something so interesting. That word make is extremely important. Make me lie down. It's not like helps me lie down. They're like, no, 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 no. no. Sit down, lay down and relax. (laughs) Yeah. And it's two, it's twofold here. So it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. In the ancient world, do you know what still water was? Poisonous. Well, it it was infected. Yeah. It's it's water that's not really good for anything. Yeah. Except calm spirit. Mm. It's a place of peace. Yeah. What what the ancient world wanted was running water, moving water. Because it was cleaner. It's cleaner. It can't get bacteria as easy, all these types of things. Uh, Stagnant water is not good water. Yeah. In the same way now, right? Moving waters, creeks and such, rivers, typically have a clearer water Mm -hmm. versus like a lake. 
Yeah. Which is muddy or green or whatever. Unless it's like a lake that's in like a rock quarry or something. But yeah. Here, Psalm 23, 2, he makes me lie down because it's, it's almost like you don't have a choice. <laughs> well, it's it's our desire yeah. to run and go and do and do. Yeah. And even more so now with the invention of the stupid phone. It's not stupid. Well, except I'm, that it is. <laughs> I'm half tempted. I wish I could go back to a flip phone sometimes. I get on my thing to do something and I can't tell you. Most of the time, the very first thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Check my email because it's right there on my phone. Yeah. Whereas yeah. there was a time in my life where the very first thing I would do every morning was open the scriptures and pray. Mm. I would start every morning by opening the scriptures and praying a psalm every morning. And I don't do that anymore. And I did that when I was a kid when mom and dad would take my phone every night. Yeah. They would take my phone at nine o'clock when we had to go to bed yeah. and it would have to stay downstairs in their room. And so I didn't have it when I first wake up in the morning. I open the scripture and pray the psalm. So life moves so fast, and yet we wonder why God doesn't why we don't feel near to God, but it's because we're not giving space for God to draw near to us. Yeah. We're running and running and doing and doing, and they're, you know, don't hear me saying that it's that bad you, to be busy. Yeah. Um, I'm learning that being busy is probably not the ideal. Right. But it's also bad to be lazy. Yeah. Right. And so we've got to find some balance here. But you have to find time to lie down in green pastures. Yeah. You if, have to find time to allow God to be comforter. You have to allow God time. To be your shepherd. Yeah. And you'll never follow a shepherd that you don't feel like is comforting and leading you in the right place. That's what contemplative prayer does. Contemplative prayer allows you to be silent and find rest and comfort in the presence of the Lord.